It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor and sponsor. Known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom and unique incursions into God's word to provide relevance, clarity and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. Hello, greetings to all. I am Moses Ukundi from Boya Cameroon. My concern is from Genesis 6 verse 6 where the scripture says, And it repented God that he had made man, and it grieved him in his heart. So my question is, can God ever repent, especially from creating man? Thank you. God bless you. Hello, good day, and welcome to your favorite right show, Ask Solomon Ray podcast. And here, through this podcast, our desire is to seek to dissolve your doubts so you can perceive life and approach it correctly, understanding your Christian walk with Jesus Christ and your Christian living with others, enabling you to maximize your time, purpose, and assignment for the glory of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's start with a word of prayer. Lord, we want to thank you for today. We want to thank you for the week past. We want to thank you for provision. We want to thank you for your protection. We want to thank you, Lord, for the ability to understand that which you are granting in us. We want to thank you for giving us the discernment to know what you're telling us part-time. And also want to thank you for that deep desire that you're creating in us for your word. We want to thank you for the love that you have for us. We want to thank you for your guidance and for your leadership in our lives. Without you, we can do nothing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being there and resolute to making sure that we walk circumspect with the word of God and also fulfilling the will of our Father so that we can experience everything that He has predestined for us and making sure that we fulfill our destiny and contributing our own quota to His overall Kingdom Come project. As we are about to start this episode, Lord, come and take the first place and I pray that may you fill me with the right words and the right information and understanding so I can release the answer of peace. And also I pray for all those who are listening, present and future, that may you grant them their capacity to understand what your word is saying and what you're saying through me and so that 
that word can best be materialized and practiced in everything they do also increasing their level of understanding and increasing their awareness and even opening their eyes to the realities that are happening in our world be glorified in everything we do and say and think for in jesus name we pray amen So once more, good day to you and today our question is a very peculiar one, very brief as well and succinct. Thank you very much Moses for your consistency. Thank you for yet another pertinent question. It's a very pertinent one and we'll go straight into it. But before that, I want to always take time to say a big thank you to our friends at Gamer Production Services and I won't fail to recommend them enough. So please get down to the show notes if you want to create your own podcast or if you are a corporate entity or you are part of a corporate entity and you're looking for someone to work with kind of edit your audio work or work on your podcast and things like that you can reach out to them they come highly recommended from me and it's not like i don't get any kickback from this i just believe in what they do and just using this platform to promote them and to make sure that you have the best work and you have the quality of work that we are privileged to enjoy from them thank you very much again our friends at gamma production services god bless you So the question, can God ever repent, especially from creating man? That's a question from our friend Moses in Boya, Cameroon. Can God ever repent, especially from creating man? The first thing is to understand, or first focus on the word repentance, then I'll go to the text that you mentioned. So repentance has different meanings, and also we have to understand the context that it is used in. But generally, repentance to do in the New Testament is from the Greek word metanoia, meaning to change your mind. And to change your mind, there is a different construct. Like the word for transformed or transfigured is the word like metamorphosis. So metanoia is a kind of a construct around thereby. It's not just a change of mind in terms of decision. It has to do with a change of mind that's from the mind of Solomon Ray to the mind of Christ. Then we have repentance that has to do just with the change of decision. And I'm going to break that down when we focus on the verse that is under contention or the scripture, the passage of the Bible that's under contention so we can get more understanding. So you said you read Genesis 6 verse 6 and that's where it is found and it's true. But I want us to read Genesis chapter 6 from verses 1 to 8. I want us to get the whole context because it's always important to, before you understand something specific, always look at the context. In the Bible, like Bible study, context is very important. Please, let me repeat again. Context is so important. Don't just take a verse out of a strand of verses and you just make a whole theology out of it. Understand context. Of course, we understand that scripture can be prophetic. There's a theological dimension to scripture and there's a prophetic dimension to scripture. But I don't want to go into all of that. Let's just understand the basics that context is very important. So let's read Genesis chapter 6 from verses 1 to 8 from the King James Version. The reason I'm reading King James because the one you mentioned, the way it had been phrased, it was phrased in that way in the King James Version, not New King James. The New King James has kind of brought things to the fore and even the NLT, but we are going to get to those ones. I want us to first get the King James where you have the construct as Moses put it. It repented God. So that's the construct that we are looking at. 
Genesis chapter 6 from verses 1 to 8 from the King James Version. Verse 1. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them too, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. 3. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. 4. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men which were of old, men of renown. Verse 5. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart. So take care from verse 5. Let me repeat. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. 7. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So from verse 5, you have verse 5, verse 6 and verse 7 where we have that construct and he repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. And even went further in verse 7, And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. So God was saying that everything, for it repented me that I have made them, them who, not just man now, but even the beasts, and the creeping thing, and the fowl of the air, everything that God made. So we understand the word for repentance here, or the word repented, it's not the construct that we know like sinner repenting. It's very important that we understand that. So the word repented here is the Greek word norkam. I might not be pronouncing it right, but forgive me. Norkam. And properly it means to sigh, to breathe heavily. By implication, it means to be sorry. So do you remember when you have a friend or a younger one or even someone or even when you're watching a football match, someone is doing something. Maybe you're expecting this person to score this goal and the players have set everything up and this player comes and kicks the ball outside. You breathe heavily. <sighs> Boy, that's what it means by the repented there. It's to sigh, it's to breathe heavily. And by implication, the implication of that is that you're sorry. You're sorry that this player has wasted all that the other team members have put together to set him up or to set her up so that person can put that ball in the back of the net and that becomes a goal. So what do you do? you like... <sighs> Maybe it's the first time, maybe it's the second time, maybe it's the third time and you're like, oh boy, and you breathe heavily. That's what it means here. That's the first part of it. God was disappointed that he made them. He was so sorry because God made man with an awesome plan to have dominion on the earth and there is so much more that God wanted to do. God had a plan of sharing his glory with man. That was always the plan of God even before back in the garden. But there was a time process. Everything had to fall in its proper time. And also the fact that humans could not understand and humans still don't understand because when we read from verse 1 and as we've read before let me just give you a background of what is happening here 
So we have the fallen angels after the devil being defeated and cast down the lower parts of the heavens and a third, I think a third or a quarter of the angels who were aligned with him against God were sent down as well. Some of them came to the earth realm which was not allowed. It wasn't allowed. Angels are not allowed to just find their way and come anyhow. But here they didn't just come like spirit, they came like physically and they had one agenda it was to corrupt humans and by corrupting humans they had to corrupt the human nature they have a whole lesson called the desire for forbidding things there's a reason why humans are by default tilted towards negative things but again that's not the topic of discussion today so the devil and the fallen angels who are called here the sons of god had this ultimate agenda of corrupting the human race and for doing that they had to corrupt the nature of man the human nature that to corrupt it because here they had intercourse with earthly women humans they had intercourse with them and they produced offsprings these offsprings are called nephilims they were giants so goliath is a descendant of a nephilim goliath is a nephilim nimrod is a nephilim so in coming together with humans females there's something they did they corrupted the whole human race and not just human race they corrupted even the beasts they corrupted even the plants that's why god says he repented him that he created all of them they corrupted man they corrupted the beast they corrupted the creeping thing they corrupted the fowls of the air so that's why you can find that things are not in their proper structure animals behave differently that's not how they were created to behave they have become like they charge towards men they are rebellious and all those things so what this fallen angel wanted to do was and what they did was to infuse a nature of rebellion in man and everything that god created so when you read from verse 5, it says, And God saw that the wickedness of man, after these fallen angels have consummated themselves with human women or females, they now brought forth a new species, a new kind of creation. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. So the corruption, it went to the nature. The nature of humans was altered. So it says here that, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And what? The thoughts of his heart, that is the deepest part of man, the thought of his heart was only, it's very important we underline some words, only, not like good and bad. It was only evil continually. That's why in Jeremiah 17 verse 9, if I'm not mistaken, it says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Only the Lord can know it because he judges the intent, the motives. The Good News translation says the heart of man is too sick to be healed. The human nature. So the word for repented there is God is seeing his plan from man to beasts to creeping thing and to the fowls of the air. Everything that he wanted to have, man kept falling into that same temptation and same trap. So it's like you sigh heavily and you're sorry. He's disappointed at the outcome of things. And you may be saying, oh, are you sure of that? I want us to read the same Genesis chapter 6 from verses 1, 1 to 8 from the New Living Translation. There now they have unmarked some words and it is now like plain. Verse 1. Then the people began to multiply on the earth and daughters were born to them. 2. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any they wanted as their wife. Who? The sons of God, the fallen angels. Then the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. 
in the future, their normal lifespan will be no more than 120 years. Verse 4. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites, are you saying now, giant Nephilites, also called the Nephilims, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. They lived on the earth. They were not some spiritual beings. They lived here. I mentioned some examples. Goliath was a Nephilim. That's why he had six toes and all of that. Nimrod was a Nephilim. In those days and for some time, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, are we saying now? They had intercourse. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. And just for context sake, when the Bible says wicked, it's talking about doing your own thing. You know, doing your own thing, you're being rebellious. That's wickedness. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So these fallen angels had succeeded to denature or corrupt the human nature. To the point where the imaginations and the thoughts of all humans at that time forward was consistently and totally evil. That's why Paul says that there is nothing good that can come out of me in my flesh. That's why Jesus Christ, when they say good master, says, why do you call me good? There is none good but God. Because even humans are not aware of the level of corruption that has happened in their nature. I have a lesson called unmasking self-deception. And one of the principles there is the deception of human nature, where everybody thinks they are good. I usually listen sometimes, Matt and Laurie Crouch, the leaders at TBN, they will always ask some question, the praise program, and they will say, why do bad things happen to good people? I think because we first go from the assumption that we are good, and we think being good is about doing some good things, it's about some good gestures. Christ said there is no one good but God. Verse 5, the Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry, that's the word for repented him. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Now he's saying, so the Lord was sorry that he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. But Noah found favor with God. It's important to note that. So God does not repent. I'll get to that point. The word for repent here is different in context when we read Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. We'll read that. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19. We'll read from the King James Version and the New Living Translation. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Let's read the same verse from the New Living Translation. Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So here is about changing your mind. 
and is different from the changing of mind like talking about in the new testament where it's about like a total of rooting of your human mind and replacing with the mind of christ here is talking about again like changing your decision of course god was sorry and that led him to almost make a decision because he said i'm going to destroy the human race so let's read again from the new living translation from verse 7 and the lord said i will wipe this human race i have created from the face of the earth yes i will destroy every living thing all the people the large animal the small animals that scurry along the ground and even the birds of the sky i am sorry i ever made them so god was about to do something to destroy everything because everything was corrupted their nature was altered those of us who are like we start painting god black there's a reason why god made us in his image to function like him because there are some things that we are going to understand there are some privileges that founders have there are some privileges that you have when you create something maybe a company you found a company or something there are some privileges that are accrued only to you as a founder you have the right to determine the course of the ship of your company and everyone is supposed to submit that comes to you as an employee a collaborator they have the duty to succumb to the direction that the organization is going to that you have decided so imagine that i call that the founder's right it's a right that founders have that is almost mimicking the right that god has as the creator of the whole universe the creator of life so imagine that you have a company a startup an organization and you have collaborators employees 30 of them and you want your organization to go in a particular direction let's call that direction right you want your organization to go to the direction called right and the employee the people you are hiring their job is to make sure that they steer the company to that right direction but you have these employees now who come there's these two new hires or let's say five new hires to add to the 30 they come the new five and they come with strange ideas they come with strange philosophies they come with strange doctrines and before you know they have corrupted the hearts of all your employees now they are rebelling against you when you hold the meeting nobody is in agreement nobody wants to hear what you want to say because they think that they have the right to do what they want to do after all they have worked with you for a long time but this did not happen until these five new hires came in they came in now to corrupt the culture that's the right word to corrupt the culture of the organization and before you know every employee but one let's say five who came plus 29 of the employees want the organization to go back to the left and they are hell-bent on being rebellious what do you do as a ceo as a president as a founder what do you do you sack them do they have families tied to them yes do they have children who are going to school yes do they have households that depend on that salary for livelihood yes but what do you do you have to sack them and you will stay with the one who still has that culture that your organization kind of cherishes so you will have that one employee and you decide to start back afresh with that one employee hoping that the new hires will imbibe this culture that you have so desired so you can keep going to the right direction that you think your organization should head to I hope it makes sense so that's what happened before we start labeling god as being narcissist and wicked he is a founder he is a creator he is god he is the author of life and in creating man he had a particular route he had a particular desire and plan for mankind for his creation or should i say for his creation headed by man 
but this plan was torpedoed by some external people the fallen angels who came in and their goal was to corrupt the human culture which was open to the promptings of god to corrupt that nature in such a way that humans now have a tendency of just doing what they like irrespective of what god says so God wanted to destroy, but he finally did not destroy. God never went to the full extent of changing his mind because of verse 8. But Noah found favor with God. God never changed his mind. God never said, okay, I'm wiping all the humans. I don't need humans again. No more creation. He said it. He thought it. He did not execute it because he saw one person. That's why there's that word there, but Noah found favor with God and you ask but why did Noah find favor with God why again because Noah had pure human blood he was not corrupted he is the only person with his family who were not corrupted and you say are you sure let's read Genesis chapter 6 verses 8 to 9 but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord these are the generations remember Take note, generations with an S. These are the generations of Noah. 9. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations with an S. And Noah walked with God. What does it mean that Noah was a just and perfect in his generations? The word for perfect there means blameless. Means Noah's bloodline was blameless. It didn't have the influence of the fallen angels. That's how bad it was. The totality of humanity was corrupt. The animals corrupt. The plants corrupt. The birds corrupt. So God did not change his mind. God said, you know what? I want to do away with this human race and with the plants and with the animals and with the birds. I'm so sorry. I'm disappointed. But he found one person who was clear of that corruption, who was blameless in his generations with an S. So from Noah's great-grandfather, father, and that generation, it was pure human blood. And the Bible says, not only was he blameless in his bloodline for generations, he walked with God. That's the one person that made God to hush and still continue with his plans for mankind and the earth. So the same command that God gave Adam and Eve is the same command that he gave Noah. Go forth, multiply, replenish, and dominate. Because after God sent the flood and dealt away with every other thing that was corrupt and left only Noah and his children and their wives and every other animal that God selected himself, now you understand why God had to select the animals himself. Because if he asked Noah to go and bring the animals, Noah will go and bring an animal that has been infected. So God had to bring the animals himself to ensure that the corruption, even through the animals, will not find its place after the flood. I'm saying all this to say that God did not finally change his mind. But he was sorry, he was disappointed, but he didn't get to the last of the action which was to destroy everybody because God wanted to destroy everybody. Not because he is a wicked person, but because they were corrupted from within, right deep in their bloodline. They were corrupt. So God stayed committed to man even until the manifestation of Jesus Christ. Because of Noah, that's why there's a full stop at verse 8. 
that the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beasts and the creeping things and the fowls of the air. For it repented me that I have made them full stop. But, verse 8, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. When God saw Noah and saw his blamelessness and saw that this one person was still willing to walk with me, with his children and wives, God did not alter his plan. God said, I can walk with this one man. I can work with this one man and his family. Let the human project still continue. And knowing that through Noah, the human race was still found its expression on the earth, knowing that God himself had to come in the person of Jesus Christ with an antidote, a final antidote to that corruption that man had, which is now the life of God. Christ brought the life of God. I have come that they might have life, the life of God, Zoe, the life of God. And the life of God is the antidote to the corruption of human nature because not all the Nephilims died. That's a different story for a different day. Not all the Nephilim died. That's why you could still find Goliath after the flood. You could still find Nimrod after the flood. And Nimrod is a descendant of Noah from his child Ham. But that is a different story altogether. So God does not change his mind. This is the one place where God almost changed his mind. Not repenting like in lying, but repenting like in changing your decision. Let me create some other creature, not man again. Let me just destroy man and create something else. But God did not end up doing that because he found Noah. So God was sorry. God was disappointed. God ultimately wanted to change his mind concerning man and creation. But because of Noah. So the presence of Noah is what halted God's decision to change and to destroy all humanity. That's how important Noah is. If Noah were not present and faithful with God and blameless in his bloodline, there is no telling if we would have had an earth today and humans still on the face of the earth. So that's what it is. God does not change his mind. God can feel sorry and disappointed, but he still stayed committed because he found one person whose bloodline was blameless and who was ready to work with him. And God was ready to take a chance with that one person and his family, his sons and their wives. And God orchestrated a new beginning with these people. Still, man continues to strive with God because even after the flood, those fallen angels still found their way to walk with humans and even to today. Not everybody you see is human, but again, that's a story for a different day. So thank you very much, Moses. I hope we have understood and I hope it is clear enough. God doesn't repent as sinners do. God can feel sorry. God can feel disappointed. And there is one time, which is what we read, there is one time in scripture where God, well, this particular time is a very strong one, where God was almost getting to the place where he had to destroy everything, man, beasts, plants, animals, and birds. But because of Noah, God still took a chance on mankind and found a way out and even with the coming of Jesus Christ it was still in that same spirit of not giving up on mankind to the point where God was ready and ultimately shared his life Zoe is the life of God that's what God came to release through Christ to be the final antidote for the corruption that happened to humankind corruption of the human nature so god doesn't change his mind god doesn't lie but god can be sorry that he chose somebody and the person is being lazy god can be disappointed that he gave you an assignment or me an assignment and we are being lazy about it god can be disappointed and he reserves the right to take the assignment he has given you and give someone else he reserves the right to do so 
So thank you very much. God bless you. And this is a quite pertinent question. There are things that I want to say here because it's not the right avenue for us to delve into those things. But there is so much more that the Bible has and there is so much more that happened and that is still happening in the earth. I'm telling you, the most of us Christians are very blind. Not that I'm illuminated, but when we get to scripture, you understand what the devil is doing, what he did. His playbook is the same. It doesn't change. His playbook is the same. But because we don't know what he had been trying to do for a very long time, we don't know what he's doing at the present time. We need to be more rigorous. We need to be more present. We need to be more selfless. We need to walk with God so that what he has in mind to do in our lives and in the earth should come to pass. Because still what God wanted to do again, or what God did through the flood, is what he's about to do with fire. And it's for the same reason, because of the corruption of the human nature. So, let's pray. Thank you, Father, for this question. Thank you, Father, for all that you keep teaching us. We thank you that even through these questions, as seamless as they may be, you give us so much more. We know so much more because you are resolute and dedicated to make us know so much more, to make us become so much more, to make us conform to the very image of who you are. We want to thank you for granting us to share in the divine nature through the participation of the God life that you have. Forgive us, Father, for taking your gift to us, the life of God, for granted. And we are so dogged, we are so contented in our humanity and in our human way of life. Forgive us. We are so contented in our Cameroonness, in our Africanness, in our Americanness, in our Europeanness, in our Asianness, in our humanness. But your word says in the book of Galatians that for those who walk in their human nature and who have themselves controlled by human nature cannot please you. And we make ourselves an enemy to you when we walk by human nature. And that's what your word tells us in Galatians. Lord, forgive us. We can't say we are ignorant because your word is there for us. The Bible is there everywhere. Lord, give us more passion for your word. Give us more passion for personal Bible study. Give us more passion to be curious, inquisitive, to find out, to seek to know, to seek to understand. God, help us. Father, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. Lord, I pray, Holy Spirit, that for all those who are listening to this podcast, present and future and even the previous episodes, may you release words into their hearts and spirits. May you make them to be resolute in their drive to know you and to be conformed to your image and to die to their humanity so they can come alive to their divinity through your word. Thank you, Father. Be glorified in and through everything that we do, think and say. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. I've been Solomon Ray. See you next week and remember always to unfold your purpose and assignment with understanding. God's word should be your standard and priority. Beyond every other material that you're confronting your mind with, God's word has foundational words for us to build our lives on. God's word is where our lives find meaning and is sustained for the most productive and maximum impact both for God and towards men and even for ourselves. I love you all. Remain blessed. Cheers and bye-bye. We trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two. 
Please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast? Consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. Step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via social media. Step 3. Give towards the acquisition of our recording studio using the appropriate link in the show notes which enables you to give via mobile money or PayPal or Visa and MasterCard payments. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to share your story. We genuinely love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead. And remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.